Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. This is the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We're heard nationally on your favorite podcast sites where you'll also find a library of all of our shows. And if you happen to live in Charleston, South Carolina, we're heard Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. on the iconic 1250 WTMA with the invaluable assistance of John Quincy. And here she is, a force of nature, Robin Berlinski. Hey, Ron. Welcome to your show. Thank you. I love saying that. I know way. you do. Uh, you're always bringing great guests into the studio, and today is no exception. I'd like to introduce a very good friend of yours. His name is John Glendaniel, or Hunter, as his friends call him. Is that a problem for you these days, the the uh, nickname? No, not at yeah. all. It's kind of right. weird, though. I mean, uh, if you if you say Mr. Glendaniel, I know it's an, it's an Orange Grove right. kid or parent. Well, listen to this bio. Uh, John is the, oh, excuse me, Hunter. I'm presuming you're friends, friends now. Yes. Uh, Hunter is the CEO <laughs> of Orange Grove Charter School. We've all heard of that. You're a graduate of the College of Charleston for your undergrad. You went to the Citadel for, now I know it's a Master's of Education. What is what is the other one? ED.S. EDS. It just gave me the superintendent certificate. Okay. Halfway to a doctorate. All right, good. And former middle school math teacher at the Military Magnet Academy. He's been at Orange Grove for 16 years, serving as assistant principal, principal, and now CEO. And I love this part. This humanizes you. He also serves as a bus driver, surfing coach, and landscaper. <laughs> and during his tenure, and this is the best part, the school has grown from an average-rated K-5 through school to one of the highest performing and most sought-out schools in the state. You've doubled in size since 2007, now serving 1,200 students with over 1,000 students on the waiting list. Please welcome Hunter Glendan. Go Tigers! All right. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm going to jump in as I Yes, please do. It's do. your show. <laughs> Um, I met Hunter when he was a student in my class at the College of Charleston. So I would like to say that I'm part of his success. Wow. I would like to believe that 100%. I contributed to that. And um, Hunter, I also went to the Citadel. Um, I did not know that you also did. Mine is um, a master's in education, though I'm not a superintendent level. <laughs> um, but I get to do these fun podcasts where we talk to amazing people, both teachers and principals. Today, we're going to talk to a CEO because Orange Grove is a charter. It's a non profit. We're going to talk about that in a minute because I know our listeners want to understand a little well, bit more about that. I was going to say, that. I don't understand. I yeah. thought the principal was the highest you can go and now there's one more level I wasn't aware of. It's a different level, yeah. Okay. But before we do that, I want to say to the listeners, um, if you're listening on the radio, um, remember we have a podcast. You can follow us wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple, um, and also follow me on Instagram, Robin underscore Berlinski, because as with every episode, there will be a question where we'll deep dive into this episode and I'll ask you a question about Hunter. And when you DM me the answer, we have prizes. So get ready for some fun um, activities on Instagram around this podcast. Um, so I want to start by saying, Hunter, I know several teachers who teach at your school and they are, they are amazing. They love it. They are loyal. They're passionate. And I mean, it, you know, Harvard Graduate School of Education reported recently that the teaching profession is facing its worst challenges in 50 years with job satisfaction and other metrics nearing 50-year lows. Oh my gosh. And you maintain your staff. They never want to leave. So I want to talk about you and your amazingness as the CEO. I want to talk about what a charter school actually is. But first... I want to know your story. So I only know you from that amazing student you were. And yes, you were my favorite. He asked earlier. Wow. He was my favorite. There it is. <laughs> You've never said that about anyone else. That's good. 
<laughs> and I want to know like where you were before that. So tell us about your life pre-College of Charleston. Sure. So I grew up in uh, Delaware and Maryland Eastern Shore. Fenwick Island, Delaware is, is where I claim home, um, basically because that was a summertime stop uh, for us. I worked at the beach there making caramel popcorn at Fisher's Popcorn and um, just loved it. And honestly thought about, hey, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> I just had a great boss, great group of friends make there. Popcorn? Make pot caramel I popcorn. It. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll, I'll send you some. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, can, we, can we see your teeth? Yeah, you can. You can. Not on the radio, though, unfortunately. But uh, anyway, so I uh, started there and then uh, went to College of Charleston. I'm a surfer, so I wanted to go to either UNCW or CFC. My sister was at CFC, so that made the decision to attend the College of Charleston a little bit easier. Um, the waves were actually good that day when I visited at the washout, and it wasn't the case at Wrightsville Beach when I visited. So Wrightsville is probably, honestly, a little better than Folly, but it just wasn't that day. So uh, that, that sealed the decision to go to CFC and um, planned on doing military after that, going into the Coast Guard. My brother was in the Coast Guard. Um, I love being, you know, on the water and by the water. So that was the plan. And then I met Shauna. Um, and uh, that was a life-changing thing uh, for me. I got serious about school, uh, which I was never really excited about. I, You know, I was a decent student in school, but I just didn't you know, give it a hundred percent. And definitely, um, at college of Charleston, I did. So, uh, met her, got serious pretty quickly. Um, I bought the engagement ring, I think three months after meeting her, I sat on it for another six months just to make sure I wasn't losing my mind or something <laughs> like that. And, um, yeah, I got engaged at the end of that year. We were engaged through college and then, uh, got married the, a week or two after graduation. So that's been 20 plus years. And, um, after that, I started at Military Magnet. Um, I was a student teacher there through the College of Charleston and uh, just stuck around. There was lots of opportunities uh, everywhere in the district that year. There was a teacher shortage and you really had the kind of the pick of the litter as far as where you wanted to go. Uh, but I just felt called to stay there. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the people there. I was coaching. I was tutoring. Um, I was doing Saturday school. I mean, you name it. Wow. I was doing lots of things to make ends meet because Shauna was a year behind me, actually. And uh, so she was doing her student teaching at C. Williams at the time. So I had a house. I was making $27,000 a year as a teacher. So I was doing everything I could do to hustle. Um, and then our first child came along and, uh, man, I started hustling even more and was working on my master's at that time and was very fortunate to find out about a, an opening at Orange Grove uh, for an assistant principal position through my wife, who actually went by there for a part-time position that never developed. She interviewed, but um, my predecessor, Larry DeCenzo, was at Orange Grove, great guy, and he converted the school to a charter school, so that had just happened. And, um, you know, he asked, he, he asked her, hey, if this job doesn't open up, you know, what, what are your plans? And she said, well, I just want to support my husband. He's looking for AP positions at the end of, you know, this school year, he'll be interviewing. And I had some interviews set up and he's like, well, we're actually going to have an opening. I'd love to meet him. Oh my and God. Uh, so it just worked out like that where he interviewed a, for two days full of candidates. And um, I didn't you think I had one. a chance. Yeah. And I uh, just felt okay. amazing. I have a story, quick story. I was at the children's museum and I remember the day he pulled up with the bus. Like this is the only <laughs> field trip. And now we had field trips daily in and out all day it was the only one where the principal drove the kids to their field trip and right. i fell in love with this man i'm like this is amazing and that's he was pretty that's awesome so cool he's like you know have fun 
in and you know it wasn't like sit down stop talking it was like yay we're here so i totally see why he got your energy why oh, he yeah. picked you right and and i also can i may i for all women out there are you noticing a common theme here shauna thank you for being so amazing <laughs> that you impacted so much of your life this oh, is so great i yeah. love it so sorry had to jump in orange grove yeah so where was i with that um you started the orange grove so yeah, yeah interviewed with it with a team uh the leadership team there and um I was one of the last ones and I learned later, I'll have to tell you this story, how, how my boss uh, set up the interviews. He, he saved his favorite resumes for last. And then I found out later there was like two people after me. But no, it just, it felt like home. Um, you know, I, I took a risk in that interview. I shared some data as that data is, is, is something that I, I spent a lot of time, you know, kind of mulling over, not as much as I used to maybe, but at Military Magnet, it was just so important as a Title I school and running those programs and being able to get those grants that, hey, you've, you've got to show, you got to show that you've got some outcomes. Um, so I interviewed on that and, and took a risk saying, hey, you guys are a great school, very popular school, but here's an area that's, uh, you know, a shortcoming. And here's what I think, you know, we could do to, to improve those things. So it is kind of a risk. It was risky pretty move. gutsy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, but, you know, it was honest. It, I, I tried to present it in a way that wasn't insulting because it wasn't. But, you know, a lot of times principals, especially as a charter school principal, you have so many many things on your plate. Like you're running a business, you're making sure the grass gets cut. Everything is your responsibility now, or it used to just be running the school. Now you're yeah. running a business with very little support uh, from the district. So, you, you know, you just don't have the time that? to look at those things. There's like nine charter schools in Charleston County School well, District, before I think, you do, right? Can you do me a favor? Give sure. me your definition of, <clears throat> of a charter school. Yeah. What is about the difference? What, yeah. So a charter school is a public school. Um, it's site-based managed. Uh, it's, it's autonomous. It has its own board of directors. So any principal at a charter school serves kind of in a superintendent type role if you, you kind of look at it like a small district like there's there's districts in Ohio that have a superintendent with less kids than some of our charter schools for example um, so you're responsible for everything you have to follow state law state standards so our kids aren't exempt from testing or anything like that but you are exempt from you know district requirements so if the district's putting out a benchmark test or hey we want to use this textbook this year you have the freedom to say no we're going to we're going to go a different route and you know with that that freedom comes accountability and, and comes the excess responsibilities. And but, but does the district try to keep you from becoming a charter school? Well, uh, a conversion charter school, probably so. Yeah. Uh, there hasn't been, there's, there's been a couple that have failed in the last 10, 15 years. James Island was the first, Orange Grove was the second. There's not been too many conversions after that. And, you know, some of that's control. Obviously a big part of that sure. is, is, is control. Um, and, you know, what I've seen, though, with the charter school movement, at least locally, it's been a very productive thing, in my opinion. And not all charters are created equal, number one. There's multiple different authorizers now. You've got the state, you've got universities, you've got your, your local district uh, or local district. Um, but to me, it's a, it's a healthy competition because we look at what CCSD is doing in other schools, private schools, you know, uh, Dorchester too, et cetera. We're looking at other schools as well. Hey, what are they doing that's, that's working? To bring in um, the best of all worlds. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and for the district, they're definitely looking at us too. Okay. Here's a, here's a school in our district 10, for example, what's Orange Grove doing to get these results? You know, so, and, and how can we copy that? What I'd like to see is more just fluidity with that. Like, you know, some you know, talking to each other about, Hey, this worked, this didn't work. There's not much of that right now. And that may change. I think it's gotten better over the years, but there's, there's definitely room for improvement in that. 
You have a lot of business partners, I notice, on your website. Is that part of your funding? Do you need additional It's a small funding? portion of the funding, okay. really the business partnership program. I started a program called uh, Backpack Buddies at Orange Grove. So the Backpack Buddies is like a national thing. Uh, we weren't able to get any funding through that program um, locally because we were not a Title I school. But I definitely have Title I kids. Uh, so we wanted to do something for them. So the business partnership, um, you know, it's $500 to be a business partner. It's pretty small. Uh, you get your name on the wall, the website, but that money goes directly to um, the school so we can buy um, food for the kids on the weekends, holidays, et cetera. So it just goes right into that that Backpack Buddies program. That's awesome. Okay, so tell me what a Title I school is. I mean, I, I, I hear these definitions. Or these <laughs> I'm sure you hear time. lots of acronyms I'm, I'm, sitting I there. I represent the layperson yes, who doesn't does. know very much. <laughs> I know, I know. Give me so, a little indication. So Title I's based on your free and reduced um, lunch counts, your, your poverty index, right. which throws Medicaid data in, in on to that number as well. And, you know, ideal, in an ideal situation, if you qualify, if you're, if you're on free and reduced lunch, if, if, if I was in charge of everything, I would have that money follow the child where if, hey, you're the kid that qualifies, so you get an extra X, Y, Z, you know, X, extra amount. But the way they do it in the state is you have to have a certain percentage of students that qualify to get any federal funding for it. So it, let's say the threshold 75% of your school is Title I, then millions of dollars are going to come into your school um, to support those students. But if you're 74, and I don't know if those are the numbers, quite honestly, I know it's somewhere in that wheel house. But if you're 74, zero dollars. If you're 75, we're talking millions of dollars. So it's not equitable at all. Um, you know, for me, it, it makes sense that money should follow the child, just like it does with special education. If I have an autistic child, the, the, the funding per pupil, the amount of money that you get from the state is going to be higher than if you have a kid that's just in the regular ed track. Oh, I'm sure for somebody like you who monitors and, you know, watches all of these kids, you know, if somebody's coming into school and they need free or reduced lunch. Obviously, the problem is at home also. It doesn't stop when they leave school. So what happens to that kid when they leave? As you say, the money needs to follow that child. Right, right. So, you know, depending on whether or not they're, you know, have Medicaid support and things like that. I mean, things that we do locally are the Backpack Buddies program, um, sponsor kids for extended day programs. So they wouldn't pay for those type of programs. But, you know, beyond that, we're just providing a high quality education is the goal. Um, you know, what I see just countywide, and, and this would really be statewide and nationwide, you know, charter schools are a choice, but you really have zero choice if you can't get there. So that's one of, I think, the systemic problems with choice programs is funding because we don't have transportation for every kid in the county uh, to attend these charter schools or magnet schools. So, you know, if, if I'm I'm a single parent, you know, with two or three kids and, and, you know, my children got into a charter school or a magnet school and I don't have a bus to come pick them up because I've got to be at work or I just can't, I can't finagle driving, you know, to these locations, then my kid's probably not going to be able to go. They're just not going to have that access, even though they're accepted. Um, there's no test that they have to take or anything like that to, to, you know, you don't get it. You don't test into a charter school, even a gifted and talented charter school. You could say, you know, you gifted and talented with an SAT score of 1400 charter school. And I could not be gifted and talented, have a 900 SAT score and you can't deny me, um, entrance. You can be honest with me and say, Hey, you're going to struggle, <laughs> but you can't tell me by law that I'm not able to attend sure. if, if I was admitted. So 
I think access is a big part of that. And, you know, that could be fixed on the state level. It takes money, though. And, and you know how that goes, I'm sure, just as a taxpayer. So how do you attribute your success? I mean, if you look at the numbers, and you already said you're a data guy or data, however you pronounce it, your school has been turned around tremendously. You have a waiting list. We do. You cross your arms and stand there. Look what I did. Look what we did. How do you uh, how do you pinpoint the success and what you've done over time? Turn it into. I will say Orange Grove has always been a successful school. Yeah. I think, you know, you look at, um, you know, how you measure that success is, is one thing. And it's not all about academics. Number one, we're proud of that. Um and we've made great strides academically, um, but Orange Grove has always been known as a great school. Um, you know, Larry Desenzo when he was there, Pat King before him, Jim Atkinson, uh, Reams, Grayson, all the way down the line to when it started in 1963. I feel like Orange Grove has been a a flagship type school. Um, you, that's it right there. It's leadership. Like some of the things you've done that are so fun for the teachers and the students to see your principal do something crazy, <laughs> laugh and have fun, good energy. You love what you do i mean that's the roof we've done all kinds of crazy you have things. what yeah. are some of the fun, yeah. fun things you've done oh well we do this thing called the booster thon fun run which is a great fun run or excuse me great fundraiser for us you actually got me out of a meeting about it this morning so oh, thank sweet. you for that You're welcome. yeah i appreciate it <laughs> um so we've been doing that probably for about 10 years and um uh, with that pledging incentives and whatnot, I mean, we're getting pied in the face. We're doing tricycle races. We're dressing up in costumes and, you know, running laps. Uh, one target they hit, we um, slept on the roof, which was the absolute worst idea yeah. ever. <laughs> uh, Who came up with that one? Uh, I think we did, sadly. Uh, what wow. would the kids get excited about? And yeah, we did that one. And um, it was my my princ- now principal at the middle school and principal at the elementary school. They were assistant principal before um yeah we, we we did that one some parents came to visit us you know sent us stuff and you know threw it up on the roof but that next <laughs> morning was absolutely off so i'm in a tent with steven uh. schoenfeld my middle school principal <laughs> and we've got this air mattress and we're literally like 10 inches from the roof of this tent and you know oh laying next to this guy who the longest you know, night i've got a life. lot of respect for but let's be i don't want to i don't want to ever do that again right. and you know it was just uh that's awesome you're on the roof of the school your bucket yeah, yeah that is awesome. and there's these vent pipes that we weren't real familiar with. You have them on your house, but you're typically not on your sloped roof where we're a flat roof. Well, we had set our tent up like over a restroom vent pipe. Yeah. So like we couldn't figure out what the smell was. Oh my uh, gosh. And yeah, it was a, it was a rough I'd night. I swear you're making this up, but I know you're not. It was a rough morning, as you can imagine. Oh, when, as the buses pull up, oh the kids gosh. are screaming. And, and the you're worst like, part, oh. worst part, nobody believed that we spent the night up there. They're like, surely you went home. I'm like, no, I figured you guys would show up at like four in the morning and check. Oh. And yeah, we live streamed it you know so people could, could see you. Yeah. Now, now we would have. That was oh early gosh. on in the booster days. We're not doing that one again. <laughs> But so fun. That's the energy. That's why your school remains amazing as leadership. But I want to just come back to one thing, and then we need to talk about transportation. But when you say principals, so just to be clear, like you're the CEO, and then you have principals and assistant principals. And so you're the CEO of Orange Grove, what, school or foundation or? Charter. I mean, we're a nonprofit. um, Okay. 501. So we... um, so this happened a few years ago. I was assistant principal. I moved up to principal. What was really cool, um, my principal at the time became my assistant principal. That was Larry DeCenzo. Very selfless thing to do, in my opinion. Um, he did that just in case I needed him. Um, I joked with him. I said, man, the 100 days that you were here this year were, were some of the best days. I said that at his, re- at his retirement speech because he burned off a lot of vacay time that year wisely wow. as well. Um, <laughs> but now we still stay in touch. He's a great guy. That happened for me where I became principal. I 
I was able to hire my assistant principals from within, which is huge. Uh, and I say I hired them, leadership team hired them. I got to oversee that process. Uh, and then a couple of years, maybe three years ago, um, after we had started the middle school, so I was overseeing two campuses, you know, and if you're a parent and you want to talk to, you want to talk to the principal, you don't want to talk to the assistant principal. So what we were doing is we were sharing responsibility at the middle school as that grew from sixth to seventh, and then finally to eighth, the third year. And I think we've had nine years of the middle school now, highest rated in D10 as well. Throw that plug out there for those guys. Um, but I, I talked to the board and, and, and we had this discussion ongoing for a year or so. Like it's tough to run a, you know, $16 million nonprofit and then be the guy that I want to be as principal um, at both campuses. You know, I like to open car doors. I like to wave goodbye. I like to drive a field trip. Um, you know, I, I like to be present. And I felt like I was working at the school rather than being able to work on the school. So pitched the idea uh, and we, you know, we talked it over for a while about, I want to promote my assistant and I, and I want to keep these guys around. These, I have dynamic admin team for sure. They're hardworking. They're super loyal. They're, they, they buy into the same excitement and silly stuff. They all drive buses. They do whatever it takes to have a successful school for kids. Um, so these are people that I wanted to reward as well and keep around. So um, they both got promoted to principal and then I got, I guess, technically promoted to CEO. It's really just a title. If anything, I, I feel like in a way I do less because I don't have to be that guy that responds to every parent email because I feel like I have to, right? I've got a principal that can do that at each campus. So yeah, that makes it's, sense. it's made my life a little bit easier. Um, you know, again, you're doing the same things. It's just a, it's just a, a title Semantics. where- Semantics, potato, yeah. potato. Maybe you won't, get that, you won't get that email about, hey, my <laughs> kid forgot his homework. Can I stop by at 4.30 to, to pick it up? Yeah. Send that down to- to Dr. White or, or Mr. Schoenfeld. So let's talk about, oh, go ahead, Ron. Did I was going to say, is something? this your dream job? Man, I love it. Um, I think so. I, I got to tell you, though, uh, being assistant principal was a lot of fun, too. <laughs> you teaching, didn't have all that responsibility. Yeah, teaching, teaching was a lot of fun. Um, but no, I love it. I, I see myself finishing my career there. That's not completely up to me, obviously. Um, you know, beyond that, I think I'd like to, to teach some college classes and might even try to start Ooh, that before I finish, finish at, uh, at Orange Grove. But yeah. no, it's been, it's, it's tremendously rewarding work. It's difficult work, but I think if you really like what you're doing and you, you care about the people you're doing it for, it's, it's, it's more of a, a mission than it is a, a job. So wonderful. So sweet. So I love this. You are the first bus in the state to run on natural gas and diesel. All right. Very exciting. Talk to us about that. Yeah, that was kind of a fluke the way that all went down. Um, one of uh, our Orange Grove parents, she, her children are in high school and at the middle school now, but she approached me. She said, hey, I work for this new company, Ingevity. Um, and, you know, they, I, I heard them talking or had a, she had had a conversation about this CalFart bus that they had demoed and driven across the country. <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again? CalFart bus. I uh-huh. hate the name. I got to be honest. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a great ride. Yeah, yeah. As a preacher's kid, I wasn't even allowed to say that word. I won't read books to kindergartners that say that word. And now it's like all over the place. But anyway, it's, it's definitely grown on me. Um, but they had this bus and, um, you know, out of respect, 
respect to her, because a lot of people want to pitch you things and you're just kind of like, all right. But out of respect to her, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll sit down and, and chat with them and see what happens. Not thinking anything's going to come out of this uh, or it's going to be super expensive. Uh, so we, we had that conversation. They were super professional, great guys. They came in, they talked about the technology and, you know, they're trying to partner up with, with um, schools. But of course, schools don't own their own buses typically. So as a charter school, we do. That was a huge cost savings for us years ago. Um, you know, we went out and purchased buses and got our CDLs and, and, and did the whole deal. Um, so yeah, we, we, they pitched a a pilot and, um, you know, there was some cost for us and I said, man, I would love to do it, but I'm not going to risk the the cost. So like, how about there's no cost? I was like, that sounds fantastic. (laughs) So, um, we became the first bus and, um, now we're going to stay with that company. I'm going to convert six more. So we'll have the entire fleet. We'll be the first um, uh, school in the state as well to have their entire fleet of buses that will be running on this technology. So it's been great for us. I mean, it's uh, very, um, not as much labor as I thought it was going to be. You know, it takes a while to fill up the bus, but you can do that overnight or while the kids are in class. So you've got the appliance right there on site. Um, it's really- how, many, how many cows does it take to fill up? The bus? Man, I wish I, I, it's in the West of a little newspaper. <laughs> Paper, uh, right now, and, and Dante, the guy with Ingevity that I worked with, had some great quotes on how many cow farts this has saved and oh you know, whatnot. But bottom line is, we're filling up the bus about half as half as often as we used to. So um, you know, we're, there's a cost savings there, obviously, and, and the environmental impact you can teach the kids about, and, and you know, just kind of feel good about what you're doing. There is a great video on your website. Tell our listeners the website so they can go see um, this video of your bus. Yeah, so it's just Orange Grove. Charter.com. Perfect. Um, Check it out. It's funny. Yeah. Our Instagram page has some, some good stuff on it as well. And I think it's covered that one, but yeah, Life Five did a good job with that. And, and we did our own video as well, just kind of promoting it. Um, but now yeah, it's been a great, and it's a local company and Jevity's you know, park circle area used to be right over here at the bridge. Um, but they've been great to work with and, um, I hope it takes off. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. There's some schools in the, in the North that they're, they're working oh, with the entire district. Um, so that's, that's an exciting thing too. I hate to say this, but we're, we're <sighs> kind of in that zone where we should be, you know, if you have any very important comments <laughs> or questions, let's make sure we get them out now. So I don't have to jump in and say, Oh, I'm sorry. That's all the time. <laughs> you love cutting us off. I don't mind no, that. He answered my questions. I wanted to talk about charter school and these buses, which are amazing because it's, I hope the state picks up on this and uses them. They right, are so working with more. the state. So that's, yeah, yeah that's, that it could be a possibility. So what's up for the future? You're obviously an idea guy, a visionary. What else would you like to implement while you're at the school? Well, one of the, the most pressing things for us is a middle school permanent space. Right now we're in a 1963 elementary school, which is the old Oakland elementary um so we need to be able to move into a space that will will you know be our kind of forever home so to speak so we own some property on highway 61 not the most ideal location quite honestly to build a school um but we we will do that if we have to um the problem with charter schools being able to do that you're taking that per pupil and you're saving money um to be able to do a, a capital campaign. Uh, big difference with the district, they throw a half cent, you know, sales tax bond referendum out there and and uh, they're able to build schools or they raise the millage rate. Another thing with charter schools, we can't raise taxes. We can't uh, go out and do a, a bond referendum. So the district has the power to do those things that supplement um, their per pupil. So it's, you know, the, the, the fundraising part of it um, becomes very critical for charter schools and they need the support of their sponsors 
members, whether that's the district, whether that's a university or the state charter district to be able to leverage funding to actually build brick and mortar campuses. Uh, Cause it's just not equitable when you look at charter facilities and, and what's being built in, in your neighborhood. All right. Well, this wow. is the perfect uh, segue to say Hunter Clendaniel. I hope I didn't use the G before. You used the G, Daniel, I apologize. Your voice is so smooth. Yeah. I mean, you just call me whatever. <laughs> it just float right up. Yeah. Well, CEO of Orange Grove Charter School, please again give us the website. Orangegrovecharter.com. Outstanding. Well, you've been listening to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we love your feedback at thelearningring.com, where you can also reach out to Robin personally with questions or comments and even chances to win. I'll add fabulous prizes because they are. Thanks for joining us, and until next time.